When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Tennis in Queensland, going inside the Queensland tennis community. Welcome back to the second edition of Tennis in Queensland. I'm Aidan Cronk, your host. A big thank you to John Millman for his episode last month. It was a fantastic opportunity to have a chat with John. And with him announcing that he's retiring at the end of the year, I think it's quite fitting that we got to catch up and and share some stories about his junior development years. John had an amazing career and achieved so many fantastic results and I just want to say a big congrats to him and um, enjoy the next stage of your life mate. In this episode of Tennis in Queensland we get a chance to sit down and talk with Tennis Queensland CEO Kim Cachel. We do our tournament update and on this episode we'll be highlighting the head state age based out of Rockhampton. This tournament recently won tournament of the year at the Tennis Queensland Awards. I also get a chance to sit down with some senior members at the Malulabar Tennis Club Maria and Jenny. Both ladies are life members and have played at multiple clubs around the state, however, have been life members at the Malulabar Tennis Club for over 25 years. We recently had the Queensland Head State Age take place in Rockhampton. The 10 and under boys singles winner was Leo Peterson taking down Hayden Burke. Our 12 and under boys singles, Ryan White, defeated Lucas Van Eden in the final. 14 boys was Joseph Vane, runner-up Josh Wilson. 16 boys was Jake Spurrell, and our finalist was Ozzy Robbins. And our 18 and under boys singles winner was Lawson Swain, and our finalist Hayden Ballard. In the girls singles events, we had the 10 and under girls singles winner, Vanessa Fitzgerald, and our finalist was Chelsea Drummond. Our 12 and under girls was Isabella Creeley with the win, and Gabrielle Telfer. 14 and under girls singles was Marta Pozorasic against Alilo Tepper and 16 undergirls singles winner was Lily Shepherd with our finalist Summer Osborne. 18 undergirls singles Ruby Richardson defeating Genevieve Lindsay in the final. This is always such a fantastic tournament. I've supported this as a coach and as a player throughout the years. I love it for a number of reasons. One, it's got a continuous draw, so even if we bring players up to this tournament, they're guaranteed match play. Two, it's a bit of a meeting meeting spot for players from all around the state. We have players from Central Queensland, players from Southeast Queensland, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane, and also players from North Queensland. So it just kind of creates this melting pot of players coming from all different spots from around the state and just gives them an opportunity to mix and match with players they might not normally play against. And with the continuous match play format, it just gives an unending amount of match play opportunities. It's always a fantastic atmosphere on the final stay with everyone still having the match to play and it's always a very well run event. I love supporting this tournament and I think it's one of the heritage tournaments throughout Australia and it's fantastic to see it's still going strength to strength. This year's edition, they had a total of 274 players. What a fantastic event. The other exciting thing or really cool thing that this tournament does is they're a tournament that still goes out there and gets sponsors. 
There's so many tournaments these days that just rely on the only income for the tournament being entry fees and whatever you put through the canteen. It's really nice to see that there's tournaments still out there going and getting sponsors to help support and run better events. They have the likes of Head, The Movement Improvement, Aussie Gold Natural Spring Water, Woolworths, Gelatissimo. Just going out and getting some extra sponsors allows you to run a much better event. It allows you to put on extra extra programs throughout the weekend. The other cool thing this tournament does is they give away a tournament shirt. So it's one of those things, tennis in Queensland or tennis in Australia, I just think tournaments need to turn into events and events need sponsors to be run well and, and to give the players better value behind why are they playing this tournament. So hats off to the Rockhampton State Age. It's a fantastic tournament. I hope to see more like it. <laughs> Today, guys, we have new CEO to Tennis Queensland, Kim Cachel. Kim, welcome. Thanks, Aidan. Thanks for having me. Now, um, you're new into this role. You're a former CEO of Tennis ACT, former college tennis player. You've been involved with Tennis Australia for a number of years. Can you talk me through your tennis stats and your CEO stats? Sure. Well, look, I, uh, going right back, I'm fortunate to, to really have tennis uh, in the DNA. Um, you know, my old man was a, a player. He was uh, top 100 singles in the world, top 20 doubles beat oh, Arthur Ashe at Wimbledon so oh, he was wow. uh, he was a professional and uh, and very very solid so from a very young age I've been exposed to um, elite level tennis and uh, was fortunate enough to, to travel around the world on occasion uh, with him to the different Grand Slams and uh, saw firsthand as, uh, as a young kid so yeah he was head coach then of the AIS for 13 years um, so really lived and breathed that high performance environment um the ais in canberra was my uh, my backyard when i was yeah. in primary school so yeah, yeah. i was very fortunate to uh go out there and uh, play tennis basketball with the boomers and whatever else it was, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant yeah. so yeah after that though i've, I've played all, all through juniors and whatnot and um, bunted around um in the qualifying of the the satellites and uh and yeah. the like and um Started coaching as well from the age of 14 at uh, Burundara Tennis Centre, a big uh, facility down in Victoria under Warren Maher. Yeah, a whole heap of uh, clubs across eastern suburbs of Victoria um, and then involved coaching with the, uh, the National High Performance Academy, now the, uh, the National Academy. Played college tennis over in Kentucky, so that was an experience. Yeah, been involved involved in tennis my whole life. Then brings it to uh, starting with Tennis Australia. I guess you've you've ended up in Queensland. All right, was it was there anything that brought you to Queensland? Obviously, your family's down down south. A lot are a lot of your family still down that way. Or what was the main reason why you wanted to come to Queensland? And was it hard with the family trying to convince them that yeah, this is okay? Or yeah, yeah. Look, born and raised in Victoria initially, and it was strange the whole circle of life how how it works. So moved up to Canberra um, as I said when I was you know in primary school a long time ago and um, and lived there for a few years um, whilst whilst dad was at the AIS and then uh, back to Melbourne um, with Tennis Australia then the opportunity presented with CEO of Tennis ACT so made the move back to Canberra and spent a great six and a half years there and I think that was sort of the ideal stomping ground for then the next step um, up here to Queensland and when the opportunity came up I'm acutely aware of the um, incredible and rich history of, uh, of tennis in Queensland there's so many passionate stakeholders which is which is just fantastic I always say I'd rather be working and dealing with passionate stakeholders than complacent stakeholders yeah and through my talent development coach days with Tennis Australia got to know a lot of the Queensland coaches and the private coaches in Queensland are exceptional 
Um, just have to look at all the athletes that have been produced and um, and the businesses out there. Mm. Um, there's a lot of fantastic coaches. So yeah, it just presented as a, as a fantastic opportunity to yep. um, to build on that rich history and legacy that's that, that exists here in uh, in Queensland tennis. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong with um, passionate coaches. <laughs> there's certainly some some strong voices in Queensland tennis, and um, no, I 100% agree. Like you can work with that you can work with people that have passion, like they're invested. So I think at the end of the day, it's a matter of just trying to align, get everyone on the same page and work out what our purpose is and how we're going to go all in the same direction. Sometimes I think so many passionate coaches, they all have their own ideas, but it's getting them all into the same room and and using their ideas and working it together and formulating a plan, hey? Exactly right. And um, that that passion, you know, a lot of coaches, I still believe, and I might be wrong here, but... A lot of coaches still aspire to um, produce that yeah. Grand Slam champion and they want to be invested in that pathway and um, as well as growing their businesses and the like. But, you know, we need to um, empower and engage that private coach network. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, that's where all the players are going to present and um, the more we can empower and engage that network, the better. And it's great to have different ideas out there. Mm. Um, I think there's different uh, philosophies across various countries and even within the state of Queensland, I know there are different philosophies out there and there's different ways to get a result. So um, for yeah, sure, go yeah. embrace that. Well, I guess, yeah, coming from um, the ACT to Queensland, very spread out. As, as you'd be aware, you're doing the kilometres now, meeting coaches, meeting stakeholders. I guess using central Queensland, for an example, just within their own little region, it's five or six hours drive from one tournament to another. So obviously there's different challenges here than, than other states, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just the, the size of Queensland. Um, <laughs> I've been able to get out and about to all seven regions now within the uh, the first two months, which is great. And it has been fantastic just experiencing the different regions. But the, the tyranny of distance and the size of the state is significant, um, which does pose unique uh, sort of challenges. Um, but it also, I think it does provide a competitive advantage in some sense, um, that resilience. The regional tennis, if we look again at um, champions of the sport, many have come from regional towns. Yeah. And I've got a real soft spot for, for regional tennis and regional sport. Um, my old man from Tamworth, yeah. so regional New South Wales, and my mum was born and raised in, in Birchip. Her nearest neighbour was five kilometres away in regional Victoria. So... You know, the, the regional um, aspect, um, and it's not just tennis, but a lot of sports, champions, um, mm. you know, have come out of those regional areas. It's an interesting one. Like you, I, I've coached, I coach on the Sunshine Coast now, but I'm from regional Queensland. I also was coaching up in Gladstone for a number of years. And there's something different about regional blood. It's like it builds this, I guess it, it has a lot to do with environments and, yep. and the way you brought up, but it almost instills this resilience or almost maturity in, in some kids, I think, sometimes. And it, it almost feels like you're coaching a junior in the region. Sometimes it feels like you're coaching a 25-year-old adult you know like it just feels like there's different opportunities and experiences that they tend to have in the regions compared to i guess in the city where they it might be harder to create those moments or environments yeah so it's, it's an interesting one yeah it is an interesting one and there's a great book out there the talent code by mm. um, daniel pink and it, it explores that idea of champions coming from populations and cities of less than five hundred thousand people yeah and there's a lot of it's evidence and data out there to show that that's that's the case you know Wayne Gretzky and ice hockey and um, and other sports as well and yeah you reflect on Queensland you go okay Roy Emerson from Blackbutt Rod Laver from Rocky yeah Mount Isa with Pat Rafter Nicole Pratt from Mackay 
um, Ash from Ipswich. Yeah. You know, Sam Stozer from the Gold Coast. They're not, <laughs> they're not Metro Brisbane in a lot of cases. Recently, Adam Walton from Home Hill. And yeah. yeah. Up that way. They're, it is a different environment and they're exposed to different things at an early age. And yeah, that there's there's a lot of talent out there. Love that book. I recommend that to anyone. It is a talent great book. A fantastic book. Glad you mentioned that. <laughs> You've probably already answered this one, but I guess why tennis? I'm assuming because you're surrounded by it. It's, it's, it's a lot of what you've known growing up. Was there any other sports that you played in your junior days or was there any other industries you mentioned you were in science was it any other industries that I guess you were interested in doing or any other sports yeah look love just to get out and compete got the white line fever quite often <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no played basketball played soccer a bit of AFL tennis was always the, the, the number one sport um, was fortunate uh, again Growing up was very, very lucky, but my old man had a passion for clay courts. He went over to the French Open, who was obviously over at the French Open a lot with players and whatnot, and he actually came back with samples from the court. But he basically went about building from scratch um, probably the first European clay court in our backyard yeah, wow. Um, wow. in the eastern suburbs of Victoria. So, yeah, it was fortunate to have a clay court, and we do think it's probably the first proper clay court in Australia, and then it was used as a bit of a prototype yeah. elsewhere. Because there's, um, there's a lot of clay courts in Victoria now too, is is he a little bit a part of why that ended up happening? or He had a real passion yeah. for clay courts, for development. Yeah, so wow. um, established the, the European clay courts at Melbourne Park, and then there were some built in Adelaide, and there's some in Canberra, and you know Ipswich, they're around um, in different areas of Australia now. And I think, uh, as we all know, for development, clay is a, a great surface. So, yeah, long story short, but having the clay court in the backyard, you know, I was always out there playing, coaching, whatever else, um, dabbled in a few different sports and never made it Made it as a professional. College tennis was sort of, you know, the, the level I got to and yeah. didn't get an ATP point or a ranking, but... Um, oh, I'm right with you. That's yeah, <laughs> but certainly enjoyed, you know, travelling around and, um, and playing in qualifying and whatnot of the different events. So yeah. did deviate, as I mentioned, and, uh, and studied science, art. Really wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to get into, but did find myself at CSL uh, working in immunochemistry Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. very different world, very much uh, a lab environment, yeah. and um, it was it was full on, testing yeah. uh, different things on animals and whatnot. And, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a little bit different to what you're Very different. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one, I guess. For me, I'm in a similar situation. I, I competed and played in a... I don't know, there was always something in the back of my head that was just like, don't really think I'm good enough. Even though I was trying and I was competing, I'm very competitive. And it was almost when I kind of found out about coaching and I could create a career, I started to feel those competitive, I guess, boxes could still be ticked in business. Yeah. Is that is that a little bit like you do feel like that competitive side, you said you like to compete. Do you feel like that in, in kind of what you're doing now? Are you able to still feel like, oh, yeah, that competitive side of me, I can find these challenges and tick those boxes. Is that a little bit of it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm certainly always up for a challenge. I don't know if people have realised, but the best way to probably get me to do something is tell me it can't be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when someone says, no, nah, that can't be done, or these are the reasons we can't do that, always keen to try and find a solution and work through it. Um, and, yeah, that competitiveness... Um, you can have competitiveness in administration, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to really establish different things in ACT. Um, we had to work, you know, we, we had absolute um, focus on trying to get a new facility in, uh, in the northern parts of um, Canberra. And, yeah, it took a lot of resilience and teamwork and um, constant lobbying and advocacy with government. 
but the result is a, a new $10 million facility that will be built shortly. So that competitiveness, resilience um, absolutely translates into administration in any career, to be honest. I think yeah. um, a lot of athletes, um, you know, you see them go on to forge successful careers in different areas because they're used to sacrificing, yeah. they're used to putting in the hard yards, yeah. they're used to really understanding that hard work, working harder and smarter, you know, pays off. When I have juniors come through and we're goal setting and writing down what we want to try and achieve for the sport, and sometimes it comes to that stage where they they no longer are writing down maybe tennis goals, they start writing down other goals. And, and it's one of those things, I always talk to them about it, and it's tennis, tennis has prepared you for whichever path you now want to go down. You know, it's, you have problem solving, you have adversity, you have to compete, you have to, no matter how well you play that day, you're still playing against another person. They may bring out the best in you, they may bring out the worst in you. You have to practice training in an environment where you might be friends with those people, you might not like those people, but you still have to manage it and get the most out of it and, and try and give something to them and try and improve yourself. So there's a lot of things I think that are unique about tennis that really prepare you for a a good career if, if you kind of have learnt those lessons and, and gone through those experiences. Couldn't agree more. Tennis and uh, and sports in general, the life skills that you develop through the sport, um, those that you just touched on, set you up in whatever career yeah. um, you choose to follow. You know, going for a job interview, most of, you know, people get knocked back from job interviews all the time, but on the tennis court, yeah. you're dealing with losses and just getting <laughs> you back lose up. a lot. You lose a lot exactly. in tennis. <laughs> exactly. So it, it does set you up really well. So we have some challenges in Queensland around competitive play at the moment. I guess the last few years post-COVID with the introduction of UTR, I mean, I've played tennis for a number of years. I'm not really playing now, but I'm also coaching. Like we went through stages where we had state rankings, then we had national rankings, and then the last few years... Australian rankings. What are some of the challenges that we have as a state to try and, I guess, continue to improve competitive play, like tournaments, fixtures, leagues? Like, Do you have, I guess, uh, a strategy or an idea on some ways that we can continue to improve it now post the UTR or while we're in UTR? We've just released the um, Advantage Queensland Action Plan 2023-24. So that's um, distilled from the previous strategic plan. It's got four strategic priorities, uh, of which competitive play and pathways is one of those four. Um, I think post-COVID and through COVID, there was the, the big review that was obviously done and the UTR was sort of born out of that as the uh, the primary rating. Um, and I think everyone agrees that it's um, it's incredibly accurate and mm. it's a great rating tool, which is, which is excellent and it's, um, it's been utilised um, across the country. We have noticed there's certain elements of regional tournaments that have probably, uh, entries have been down a little bit, but across the board, the entries are actually going pretty well. So, you know, there are a lot of kids competing and, um, and adults competing out there. So I think there's a few little tweaks that we, we probably need to look at making. Um, mm. Calendar, building calendars is always a, a challenging task yeah, yeah. and finding that balance. And there's other, I think, levers that we need to look at in terms of um, trying to incentivise and, and encourage people to get out to the different areas and, uh, and compete. At the end of the day, that's what we want people yeah. um, and kids to get out there and compete. I think there's a real opportunity. Queensland has such a strong history and a rich history, again, with uh, with tournaments and events. Mm. And I think there is an opportunity to potentially look at those team tennis environments yep. Yep. Um, and that leagues type structure. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people have spoken about the Asia Pacific Tennis League, mm. the ATL. So I think there's there's elements of that which we need to have a bit of a look at to try and balance out the, the tournaments with some leagues and team-based tennis as well. Yeah, I guess this, especially you experiencing college tennis, playing for a team and having that competitive environment in a team environment it's pretty pretty unique yeah it would be good to build that into build that into a calendar 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. The college tennis um, environment is unlike anything else in the world, <laughs> yeah. um, and you see it through, you know, college basketball, football, tennis, everything. That team structure, uh, and I think you know, tennis. Tennis is a team sport. Mm. Um, you, you need that team around you. You need to have someone at the other end. I think too often it's classified or seen as an individual sport, but it but it can really be a great team sport. So, yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, and um, there's a few initiatives that we're looking to explore. Um, I'm probably on a bit of a, a fact-finding tour at the moment and getting yeah. out and about and hearing from the different stakeholders on the ground. Um, but yeah, we will look to, to implement and, and make a few little tweaks here and there. There's a new trend happening over the last few years and it's it's happening worldwide, not just Australia. And I guess we're seeing different versions of them grow faster than others. So we've got alternative racket sports now. So we've got pickleball, we've got padel or paddle, however you choose to say it. There's also beach tennis. Do you see these as competitors or as um, complements to tennis at the moment? There's there's some people that are very standoffish about some of these sports, I guess, especially when you're losing tennis courts. Like we don't, I guess, I personally don't think that we should lose tennis courts. We still need more. How do you see these alternative racket sports? Are they, are they something that's going to help complement tennis clubs or how do you see it? There are two schools of thought and I know some people do see it as a threat. I see it as an opportunity. Uh, I'm more in the opportunity camp and I do think that they can be complementary and uh, and it can be a win-win for tennis and those um, different um, complementary formats such as pop tennis, pickleball, beach tennis, etc. We do have a chronic undersupply of tennis courts here in Brisbane yeah. and the southeast um, Queensland pocket. You know, I, I'd like to see them embraced and um, under the tennis sort of footprint and umbrella and where they can be complementary and, you know, on, on, on site that's, you know, bringing extra foot traffic through the facility and mm. creating that thriving facility but ideally not at the expense of tennis courts. Yeah. So, you know, the, the size of the complementary courts and the multi-use courts, there is often clubs that have got spare pockets where that could be slotted in where you can't actually fit more tennis courts. Yep. Um, so I think that's a great opportunity. The blended lines is also an opportunity. Yeah, we do do have that undersupply of courts in Brisbane yeah. and South East Queensland. So really keen to, um, to, to get more tennis courts and also um, look at opportunities where these complementary formats can exist. Yeah, that's right. I guess I'm a believer that it can be positive. I really feel like it taps into different demographics and different types of people. Like I, I've experienced a lot of new people that would never even walk into a tennis club showing up at our tennis club because of pickleball. I see that as an opportunity for clubs to really grow. I, I have had a few players from tennis who are starting to transition off the tennis court, maybe mobility-wise and other reasons. Um, but certainly from my experience so far, it just tends to bring in a new crowd. Yeah. And different skill set may be a bit easier, some of these. I guess they're versions of tennis that are easier to get into rallies. And sometimes, I guess, co- uh, tennis is a coaching sport. How I'm seeing pickleball or paddle, it's... It's almost like a social play sport that you can basically instantly play. Yeah. And yeah. your first experience is pretty good. Bit of a way to bring in new people and more members to a club that might not be booming with members. Just an extra revenue source for these clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anecdotally, obviously, yourself at Malula Bar, um, you've got a strong pickleball community there. Um, I was up in Yapoon recently and they've got um, you know purpose-built courts. And they were on, um, under, you know, basically derelict courts. That's so right. That's a good yeah. use of the space. Anecdotally, a lot of the case studies are showing that it is bringing new people, um, which is a good thing. But yeah, I do think there really is an opportunity to, to be complementary and to, to coexist and, um, and make it a win-win for both. Um, it is interesting, obviously, paddle 
is uh, very popular in Europe mm. and pickleball is very popular in uh, the United States and pop tennis in the States. So yeah, it, it's interesting to see how it's uh, evolving and we certainly want to um, want to work with all of our clubs and stakeholders to, to make sure it's a win-win. Brisbane, summer of tennis. So it's changing. I guess the last few years we've had the ATP Cup, then United Cup. Brisbane, summer of tennis is back to what it once was. Bigger and better than ever. So it is a WTA 500 event. Fantastic. And an ATP 250. So the draw size for the women will be 48 in the singles 24 doubles and the uh, the ATP 250 men's 32 singles 24 doubles 3.1 million Aussie prize money and yeah it's it's fantastic to have it back from December 31st to the 7th of January uh, so yeah it, it is bigger and bolstered this edition and I know um, it's been really favorably received and supported out there um, amongst the tennis community and stakeholders I think everyone's keen to uh, Keen to see the Brisbane International this summer and um, and get out there and uh, and cheer on the uh, their hometown favourites as well. Yeah, it's it's one of those events, I guess, being set up like the tournament. It turns into more of a festival or week long kind of thing. There's a lot of activities in and around it. From memory, from from coming in years gone by, so it's certainly a great opportunity for the tennis community to come and see see some players by standard and also just all the other events you have in and around it. Yeah, no, it'll be fantastic and um, encourage people to jump onto the Brisbane International website and purchase tickets because, uh, yeah, it's sure to be a uh, spectacular event and um, tickets starting from just $29, um, which is brilliant. Yeah, look, the way the Australians are going, um, we're guaranteed to have a lot of Australians playing. Um, You know, there's nine men inside the top 100 now. Kimberly Birrell just broke into the top 100, um, Gold Coast. Um, born and raised so yeah there'll, there'll be some fantastic locals um, competing against the world's uh, elite as well now final question I have when you arrived into your role here in Queensland I, I actually received a book in the mail and I, I think a few other people may have received a book from from what I've heard and and it's what you mentioned earlier it's um, the book's called legacy um, and you mentioned this earlier that you want to leave a legacy what what kind I guess a few things I Having read that book, it's like creating a culture and I'm a big believer in like if you can create a culture that people want to be a part of or you can create a culture that will allow people to prosper and, and grow, like that's that's almost the most important thing is just creating that environment that that culture can flourish. If you were to kind of theme it or say what you want to try and create in Queensland or and the legacy you want to leave behind, is there anything that you have in mind? Is there a goal in mind or is there a legacy project that you already have in mind? Great question. And um, yeah, look, I, I did reach out to a few um, people that I, I knew prior to heading up here. Um, I'm deeply passionate about this sport. It's the best sport in the world um, as far as I'm concerned. So really keen to have a lasting and meaningful impact and empower engage um, all of our tennis stakeholders out there to, to leave a legacy and build on the legacy that has been created here already in Queensland. It's such a strong, strong legacy. And, you know, I can help uh, in a small way um, to build upon that. It'd be brilliant. But um, I do think we've got so many great stakeholders out there and we really need to empower and engage that, that network yeah. um, to take Queensland tennis to, to the next level again. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, that's all I have today, Kim. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to getting out and about and catching up with more tennis people on the ground. Yeah, love it. Awesome. All right, so we have Maria and Jenny here, life members of Mooloolaba Tennis Club. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So 
in this show, this is our second second episode of Tennis in Queensland, and I really just wanted to chat to people and st- hear stories and people involved in tennis clubs. And both of you ladies have been involved with this tennis club for quite a while. Can you? Um, we'll go. We'll go through your tennis stats if you <laughs> wanted to talk to your tennis stats. So I guess um, Jenny, do you want to kick off? You're a life member here at Malulba. You're not on court at the moment or anymore. No, I've played for a couple of years because of my bad shoulder. Yeah, talk us through. What's your tennis story? How how did you get into tennis and what brought you into tennis? I started um, with a ball on a string in the front yard like a lot of other people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my father's old tennis racket. Cool, yeah. And then when I went to high school, there's a big brick wall, so I used to <laughs> 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 <Yes>, that. <laughs> And I played fixtures in Brisbane for quite a few years. Yeah. Till I went to Melbourne. And, okay. Um, when I came back here, I played squash. All right. Oh no, not a squash player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I gave that away in 1978 and came back to tennis. Okay. Oh, cool. To Malulaba. Yeah. At Malulaba. Yep. <laughs> that's when. Yeah, yeah. That's when our uh, Malulaba tennis club was actually in Malulaba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and awesome. Then I played fixtures there for a few years. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved over here, and I think I was still playing fixtures. Yeah. When we were here too. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> cool. And you, Mara? Yes, I'm, I'm actually originally from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, my sport was um, actually was basketball uh, when I was a teenager um, and at school. Um, but then I eventually got into tennis. Uh, just with a local tennis club, uh, yeah. played there, um, moved to Queensland uh, in about 1988 Okay. and um, joined this club yeah. and um, play twice a week, yeah. social tennis. I didn't do much uh, fixture playing at all. I did in Melbourne a little bit, but not up here. Yeah, yeah. But I it's, uh, don't like the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. And that, I guess that's um, there's a lot of players similar similar to yourselves that are yeah. very involved with clubs, hey. But they yeah. they play socially. Yes. Like, yes. and they play for other reasons than just yeah. to play competitive tennis, hey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we get competitive. Oh, yeah, she's oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's no sheep stations <laughs> at the end of the season. No. Yeah. Actually I'd have to say you're one of the fastest players on the on the court. You're still <laughs> running around every <laughs> Well I'm eighty. Wow. Yeah. 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 We're both eighty. Yeah. I'm yeah. older than Maria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So so then um yeah, so you've both played for a while then. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I do get comments because I coach on the same mornings as Maria on the yes. social tennis, and every now and again I'll go, geez, that lady over there is fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't know it's social tennis because you're, you're chasing that ball. You're gone. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jenny used to be the same. Oh, really? Yes, oh. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I guess that that um, wanting to chase the ball and be competitive. So I guess you're not playing fixtures, but you're playing social. Yeah. Was that something in an upbringing, like being brought up? Was it something in your family that made you want to be like 
I, yeah, I chase yeah. like I'm I'm a competitor or I chase the ball or what do you think you put that to? Yeah, I've always been competitive. <laughs> um, my, my grandfather was very competitive and sporty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I take after him. So. <laughs> 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 Gotta get that ball. Back yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that yellow fuzzy ball. It's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like walking fast too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my wife. I always have to try and keep up with her. She's a fast walker, even though she's got short legs. She's still very fast. <laughs> oh, cool! Like we have a lot of players at playing fixtures, but then we certainly have still at the club a lot of social players, and and they don't always blend. I guess like some stay in social a lot, and some do fixtures only, and. I guess, yeah, you have the, what is it? Do you think you have more of that friendship circle when it's the social? You have that group of ladies you know yes. are coming. Is that a part of what makes you enjoy doing yes. social yeah, tennis? Yeah, making yeah. friends, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's why we have our coffee after a yeah. game and have yeah. a chat and fix all the problems in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no, some big discussions sometimes. Yeah. I, I walk into a discussion and I go, yeah, but that's great though. Hey, I yeah. think it's important to have, like in your life, have people that you have almost rituals where you you almost force, not force, but like you have it in the schedule that you end up catching up. Yeah. So you have these exactly, social catch-ups. Yeah. And, and it, we, we play a special brand of tennis. It's um, <laughs> Aussie tennis. Aussie tennis, yeah, okay. Instead of having, just having your set and going yeah. through your whole set, yeah. no way. If there's extra people... <laughs> And we can't make two courts. Well, they sit, and when once you get round to your serve, you drop off, and the next person that's waiting goes around and um, yeah, so make sure people don't sit out for a whole set. That's nice, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you can save your legs a bit too, yeah. Hey? yeah, that's right. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you lose a bit of momentum, yes, but still, yeah. Aussie tennis, yeah. Oh. I, that is the first I've heard of That's our that. Invention. I didn't know what the name was. I knew, I oh, knew how not. you did we it. We named it. Don't worry. <laughs> I didn't know that actually. That's, that's just me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Because it's, I guess, for me, like being here at the club, mm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident when I have a new lady that I go, okay, go down there, see the ladies. They'll, they'll sort you out. They'll, yeah. they'll welcome you in. And yeah. and I think a lot of clubs could have that. They have their social groups and that. But yeah. I think it's quite special with your group because, yeah, I always come, they come back and go, oh, yeah, they're a nice group of ladies. Yeah. And they're, yeah. you know, so yeah. I guess the ones that really want to be competitive, at yeah. the end of the day, they'll search for competitive comps yeah, and exactly. things like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. yeah, we've had a few come in that um, just coming back to tennis and they play yeah. with us for a little while then they go to somewhere yeah another group that doesn't phases yeah yeah that's that's it now do you either of you two have a your favorite memory or story from your times playing tennis any incidents or silly moments or like i guess to give people a background now Malulaba Tennis Club used to be based on the wharf at Malulaba. Mm-hmm. So I think I heard from you, you had a little bit better eye candy walk past the oh, tennis, yes. <laughs> tennis club. You were you were chasing the tennis ball. Yeah. 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 No, we were very close to the surf, but we used to watch the boys going past with Budgies, mate, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. go off surfing, and it was yeah. a bit distracting sometimes, but um, we managed. Yeah. Well, if you time that for when you sit off, that would have been fine, though. Yeah, hey? that's right. 
So yeah, so the club was there for a few years, and then um, yes. what happened then? I guess it got bought out by developers, did it, or yeah. what was the story? Yeah, they they yeah. bought it out, and they actually built the main club rook house here for us, and, and yeah. supplied the land for us, and then the council supplied. Yeah, the council, council supplied, supplied the land. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And this group that wanted our old courts, they wanted they built us a, a tennis um, court. Yeah, yeah. And so that was 1990. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. 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 Much better here because, you know, we've got all these lovely surrounds. That's right. That. We actually get comments sometimes. I had, I've had a few people, so we're lucky enough to still have, there's a couple of the guys here, Jeff and Ian and a variety of them that mm. they just come down and garden. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and Ian, Ian, I guess he's been at yeah. the club the yeah. same amount of time or similar or longer Probably or shorter longer, longer. longer. they're yeah. a part of the yeah. furniture as yeah. well yeah. Ian and Sharon yeah. and um yeah. and yeah we've we've had people I've spotted a couple of people just come and have picnics here because they thought we were the botanic gardens <laughs> <laughs> so um which is pretty cool it's like and it's and not not all clubs these days have a lot of garden area right there's a lot no, of concrete no, around right. everywhere exactly. these days yeah. so it is it is nice yeah. apart from when the midges are out but, yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. normally in the evening, yeah. so you've timed it well playing in the mornings. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably lose a few balls into the water there as well, would you? You'd always hit them inside the lines, though. You'd never hit them over the fence. <laughs> what's your, I guess we probably maybe mentioned this before, but what, what's some favourite things, I guess, about your time being involved with tennis? Like, if you could think about other things that you've done in life, what's some unique things about tennis that are brought into your lives? Just the fun and <laughs> yeah. exercise. And the exercise, yes. Mm. Keeps you fit, really fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do say tennis, um, people that play tennis have the longest um, life longevity. So tennis is the sport to keep you active because it's a lot yeah. like you two yeah. saying, like you're chasers, you run it. Do you have any advice for new people wanting to get into tennis or like similar to yourself any mothers or ladies or people wanting to get into social tennis that might be apprehensive or nervous about is there any tips or advice that you give or they just come along yeah have a go just have a, have go. a go yeah and i'll soon find out whether it's for them or not yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and and that's right like because it's mm. apart from your court speed they're not intimidated <laughs> yeah, and when we play i try i don't all the best players don't play together we sort them around so you know, yeah. the weaker players get a stronger player with them. Yeah, um, yeah. That sort of thing, yeah. You don't have to worry about coming on your own because you made welcome anyway. So. Mm. That's yeah. right, that's yeah. right. So so the sessions that we have, just to give a little plug, they're on um, Malula Bar Tennis Club on 7am do you start? In, yes. in, in the summer in we summer. start earlier, yeah. in the winter we start later. Um, <laughs> about 7.30. 7.30 in the winter. Yeah. So at the moment 7am till 9am yeah. um, we play at the Malula Bar Tennis Club on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And yeah, all, all players are welcome. Any any other stories or throwback moments that you had that you want to share? <laughs> I feel like you've got a story to tell. <laughs> we, used, we used to have a great Christmas every year. We always go out for 
somewhere. Yeah, yeah, for Christmas, Christmas party and Christmas yeah. lunch. Yeah. I did collect all the money once, and we went <laughs> we went for lunch at Pelican Waters Tavern. Oh, okay. Um, and I got back to Maroochydore and realised I still had all the money. <laughs> <laughs> so I rang with the pub and told them, and they said, don't worry, it happens all the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So they did let you come back there, though. Yeah, probably did go back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh. I just paid it over the phone. Well, I think that's the thing, right? It, it's it's more than just about the tennis, hey? And yeah. It's mm. about the community and the social. And, and tennis is almost the tool to create the relationships and friendships that you can build and, yeah. and have, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing that you really do is celebrate, like, yeah, yeah birthday occasions and, yeah. and life moments, hey? Yeah, just yeah. go out for lunch every now and then just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you on court chasing balls and, yeah, and we'll get you back. Yeah, we'll work, work on the shoulder rehab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought of pickleball, but I haven't. Oh, no, you're going to jump to the dark side, are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah. ladies. And that's a wrap for 2023. Thank you so much for everyone that's tuned in and listened to Tennis in Queensland so far. This is the last episode of the year. However, we will be back in 2024. A huge thank you to all our guests that joined in this year. And if you're interested in being on the show next year, please just reach out to The First Serve uh, via the website or social media. And we'd love to have you on just sharing stories from around the tennis community in Queensland. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2024. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.